Hello and welcome to the Case Reopened podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is Colleen. So we're here to talk about a three-parter, uh, the reunion with the Black Organization, but we're only covering uh, one part of the three-parter this yeah. week. And uh, <laughs> next week we'll get the other two parts uh, I apologize for this, but I figured it'd be best to just get an episode out with what we have instead of uh, not releasing an episode. So I hope you guys are all fine with that. And joining me as always is Colleen. Are you excited to talk about reunion with the Black Organization? Of course I'm excited. We get some plot. Yeah, and this is uh, episode 176 of the series. And this specific portion is subtitled... Hi, Barra. So I'm sure you were super hyped to talk about this one. You know, I've been able to avoid her long enough. She hasn't really been in a lot of episodes since her introduction. So it was a good ride while it lasted. I think I think this will be where you start to come around on her. We get this is a big Hi, Barra focused episode. I think you're I think you're going to realize that uh, you don't have to hate yourself much longer. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll see. So this is this aired January seventeenth, two thousand. The Conan's hint is transmitter. Conan says, "Today we finally meet these guys. I'll reveal their dark ambitions." And there's a picture of the gin and vodka there. So exciting stuff, Colin. We're finally getting to see the Black Organization again. Mm-hmm. And not just like the fake gin and vodka from that train episode. Thank God. So bad. <laughs> and then they have that fake gin in the original episode where Hybera's sister is supposed to die. Where they just replaced him with some random guy. I think his name was like Snake or something. <laughs> uh, they really like messing with us. This episode begins with the detective boys walking home. And that's when we hear a voice say, the game is over. A man then spots the kids in the mirror and he continues, now you should wake up from your dream and celebrate our reunion. And we finally see who the man is and it's Jen. He says, your favorite color of the rose with pure redness of blood, eh? Sherry. Jen then exits the car. He locks eyes with Hybera. Then frantically awakens from her nightmare, and she looks over to her left, and there's Gossa snoring, and he's just having a peaceful sleep. And Hiber remarks that it was a horrible dream. So, what do you think about this dream sequence? And what do you think about uh, Gossa's sleep apnea? <laughs> Man, Jin was so creepy, um, but there's something alluring about him as well. Um, so yeah, I, I was really intrigued by this opening. Are you getting, is that why you don't like Hybera? Is it because you're like horny over Jen now? I don't think those two, uh, are necessarily Or maybe, like, maybe you're horny, maybe you're <laughs> horny over Jen because he hates Hybera. You want him to like kill her. You're like, yeah, do that. Kill, kill myself. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so, but um. So yeah, that was a great opening with Jin. He's just one of the creepier Black Organization members. I mean, 
vodka is like meh but gin like he's scary um as for a gossip i mean he's just like you know the bumbling kind of professor character so um not too surprising that he's just snoring away while poi poor high bear is having this nightmare the next day at school, Mitsuhiko returns a video game that he borrowed from Hibera. Starts to snow outside, which excites Ayumi, but it terrifies Hibera as it reminds her of Jin and her nightmare. Hibera freaks out when Ayumi grabs her to see the snow, and she says, I'm tired of this place already. I wish I could just disappear. Well, one of these days I probably will. And this causes Ayumi to fear that Hibera is transferring to another school. And Mitsuhiko and Genta, they say, hey, if anybody's bu bullying you, we'll take care of them. And Hibera then has to explain that she was just joking and that she has a cold, so she's in a bad mood. Uh, so, you know, Colleen, you live in Canada. Uh, are you just, like, constantly, <laughs> like, sick? Is that why you're always such a negative Nancy? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I, I'm hardly ever sick, actually. And I don't know, am I a negative Nancy? I'm just trying to look at this show, you know, with a critical eye. But uh, I, I, I would be remorsed to think that it's because, like, it comes off as being negative. <laughs> okay, miss, I'm bragging about your immune system. I'm hardly ever sick. Oh no. Now I'm no. I'm a bragging I don't know, Betty. Is that a thing? Yeah, you're a bragging Betty. <laughs> a uh chatty Colleen. Debbie Downer. I'm just the whole alphabet like that. Eccentric. I really like Eileen. the scene though with the <laughs> with the detective boys. Like they're such good friends. Like sticking up for a her. Fraggle Rock I Francine. Take care of her. It's so cute. <laughs> What's a female's name that starts with a G? I'm having trouble here. Gertrude. A gossiping Gertrude. All right, I'm out of names. Uh, so after school, oh, we can have a snowball going. fight, and uh, Ginta gets pelted by Mitsuhiko, and his whole head's just. How big did this snowball have to be to where it covered Ginta's whole head? His head's <laughs> gigantic. Oh, it was definitely like one of the uh, uh, snowballs for a snowman, that kind of size. As they walk home, Kenan confronts Hibera. He says, this isn't a place where I should be in order to not get those kids involved. I must disappear from this place as soon as possible. That's what you're thinking right now, isn't it? He tells her not to worry, since shrinking due to a drug is an absurd thought that nobody would believe, and she just needs to continue acting like a child until the time comes. Counterpoint, Rachel has thought this about, oh sorry, uh, Ron has thought about this <laughs> about 20 times here, Conan. That's right. This show would be so different if Conan just came out and told Ron the truth. The rest of the detective boys say goodbye to High Bear and Conan. And we see a black crow look at them from atop a streetlight. High Bear looks at Conan and remarks to herself that Kudo doesn't know what he's up against and that it can't be handled by himself. 
She says, once you let your guard down, it'll be over. The organization won't let us go. She then believes that they might even be monitoring their actions right now. So this made me think, what if, like, these crows, ravens, whatever these birds are, what if they were using them as, like, I don't know, monitor birds? Oh, totally. Think about it, Colleen. Uh, I've seen it done before. I mean, Demon Slayer has that, so... Um, I thought that was, like, what they were trying to get at, or there was some symbolism to the crows. I just didn't really know what I was supposed to get from the scene. She then spots a black Porsche 356A, and she begins to freak out. Kevin says he's only seen this type of car on TV, and Highbearer says this is Jin's favorite car model, so... These illegal guys must be making bank to afford uh, such a vintage Porsche. Just gin. I have never seen vodka with a <laughs> anything, any type of possession. Okay, let's see. These days, a Porsche 356 coupe in good condition can fetch around $100,000. Wow. Uh, yeah. Collectible condition, though, sell for half a million dollars or more. And his was definitely a collectible edition. Uh, so he must have forked over half a mil for that. He's living the high life. You know, I really want to know what makes Jin tick. Like, I want a slice of life spinoff about Jin. Just doing groceries or washing his car. I think Do you think he, he gets groceries? Do you think he goes to groceries? Chore. <laughs> I would love to see it. Like, he calls the pizza place and he says... I'll get a pineapple pizza. <laughs> you better have it here in 15 minutes or... And then he, like, threatens them. Conan then calls Professor Gasa and he tells him to bring several items to their location. Gasa arrives with a metal clothes hanger and a wrench. Conan then uses the wrench to bend <laughs> the hanger and then uses it to unlock the car in order to plant a transmitter and a receiver inside it. Conan apparently at some point learned how to break into vintage cars. Conan just knows everything, apparently. I don't know why I was laughing when you read out, like, Agasa came over with the hanger. Like, it, it didn't even make me laugh in the episode, but just hearing it, like, spoken was so funny. Like, this is all Agasa amounts to. Highberry then spots both Jin and Vodka on the other side of the road. I love how they just walk across the busy street. All these cars just have to slam on their brakes. And this one angry guy is like, what are you doing? Look out. And Jen just gives him a glare. And it's enough to shut this dude up. And when they get back to the car, Jen notices a bunch of footprints because it was snowing. And Vodka says it's likely due to his car being rare and uh, people wanting to look at it. Karen and Hybera hide behind the car and they go unnoticed as they speed away. And Conan says, I won't let you go this time. And he turns on his trackers and his glasses. So we're all set up for this big showdown here, Colleen. Yeah, did did you think that uh, it would go perfectly to plan and Conan was just going to catch them? No way. Because, like, yeah. even just <laughs> noticing the footprints, like, you, you could tell that, you can tell that Jen's, like, deduction skills match even Conan. Yeah, actually, I never really thought about it, but uh, probably. I don't know if I'd ha like if we had to rank like Shinichi, uh, Heiji, and Jin, 
they might sort of be in the same uh, category or on the same level. Wow, you're leaving out Kogoro. <laughs> are you are you that surprised? Surprised? No, disappointed. Yes. Sorry, Kogoro. <laughs> Conan gets in Agasa's car, and they follow Jen. Ibera says it's no use as they can't do anything in their current bodies. She says, do you understand how dangerous your actions are right now? She's the responsible one, Colleen. Conan's just out there for revenge. He's acting on rage. And Hybera, the voice of reason. If anything, the passive, you know, pacifist Canadian should be able to recognize that Hybera <laughs> is the voice of reason here. Yeah, but without Conan's action, nothing would get done. And Conan just channels Colleen here, and he tells Hybera to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he then overhears a phone call from the transmitter. Jen says that somebody hasn't showed up yet, and that the target will appear at the hotel at exactly 6 p.m. He doesn't know that it will be a farewell party. Anyway, our superior has ordered us to kill him before he rats us out. If you want, you can use that drug. Do not mess this up, Pisco. So we have a new Pisco. code name here, Colleen. Pisco. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't get too used to it. <laughs> yeah. Pisco don't last much longer than this one off. Hi, Barry says she's heard that code name before, but she has never seen him. Karen says it's at the Hido City Hotel. After hanging up, Jen notices a reddish-brown hair in his car that fell from High Bear. The poor girl's already balding. And this is not even the first time that happens in this three-parter. Sorry, it is the first time, but it happens again, is what I meant to say. He then finds the transmitter and the receiver, and he destroys it. And he says, who would have thought that you would take action and approach me first? He laughs, and he says... I welcome you, Sherry. So he just from the that hair, he knows that Sherry Highbear is on her way. He's that good. He's like top tier level detective. If he were on the side of, you know, niceness and goodness, um, he would make a great detective. Like sleeping Kogura, watch out. Hibera says the situation no longer favors them and that they could examine the chewing gum that Conan used. Conan says he removed his teeth marks from it and that they could only find his blood type from the saliva sample. Hibera still suggests that they turn the car around and keep their distance as it's dangerous. And Conan says he'll stop chasing them, but he's not running away. Instead, they're headed to the Hido City Hotel to stop Pisco from murdering the man and I love how Agassiz just, like, stays quiet, and he's like, I'll drive you wherever. I'm a driver now. <laughs> he's like he's like that soccer mom, or, like, just any parent driving their kids to whatever, after school stuff. Because, <laughs> like, he used to be like, oh, Shinichi, please don't, <laughs> please don't be dangerous. <laughs> But now he's just like, uh, now yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll drive you. It's your funeral, like, kid. Like, doesn't it seem weird that he didn't, like, speak up and be like, Shinichi, be extremely careful, you know, stuff like that? 
it's it was very weird it was almost like agasa didn't um appear in the manga and they just like inserted him in and didn't give him lines it's kind of how it felt but i'm sure he was in the manga Hibera mocks Conan's sense of justice and says she has no interest in it. She doesn't see how rushing to the hotel blindly will help them. Conan says it's too dangerous for her to go anyway, so she'll wait in the car with Agasa. And Conan declares that he will at least get the drug. So he's trying to get that APTX, uh, what, 4A, what, 4A79? Is that it? Um... Uh, 4869, sorry. That's one digit off. Yeah, it was, uh, like another, uh, version of it. Another prototype. Jen calls Pisco and says that Sherry, the woman who betrayed the syndicate, should be heading your way. If you don't know what she looks like, then look her up in the organization's database. We'll meet with you after checking the car to see if that woman planted any more transmitters there's no doubt about it that woman would definitely go she would investigate about the drug anyway grab a hold of that woman and bring her to me even if there's nothing below her neck and this was when colleen was really like you know what jen's pretty cute <laughs> no, no this was so scary it was like gruesome um I I get that Jin is not cute. He's just very interesting. You know, there's just something. Colleen's going to be one of those women that, like, writes to serial killers as they're serving their 200-year multiple life sentences. And she's like, I don't know. There's just something, like, really alluring to him. He's interesting. I just want to figure out what makes him tick. Oh no, that's not gonna happen. I think I can change him. Oh yeah, that's the classic line. There's some goodness inside. I gotta say, this scene here uh, really speaks to Jin's intuition and his how well he knows Sherry because we just saw her in the car say, "Hey, I'm definitely not going. I'm just gonna stay here. I'm gonna stay behind. It's too dangerous." But he's very confident. He says she'll definitely be there. And lo and behold, Conan arrives at the hotel and High Bear is right with him. So once again, Jen was correct here and was able to correctly predict what she would do, even though she was like saying herself that she wasn't going to do it. To the best of your recollection, somewhere down the line, is there like a a better explanation of their relationship like did Jin and Sherry like I don't know work together a lot or something because from this it kind of gave me the vibes that they did but I I haven't watched the series far enough to say like they didn't there's nothing that um supports that (laughs) necessarily I think they like hint at some stuff but uh you know how Conan is. Like, they never go. <laughs> They're not gonna. <laughs> they'll, like, beat around the bush 50 times until they actually reveal backstory. So. It's more True. just vague okay. things and things you kind of, like, put together. Like, stuff you, you connect the dots yourself and 
come up with a more compelling backstory than what's actually given. <laughs> but they they do go into her time at the organization uh, uh somewhat, you know. There's more there's more to be told. Okay. So Highbury tells Conan that she doesn't want him to call her a murderer anymore and that since she developed the drug, it's her issue. Conan tells her to be careful and they figure out that the target is at a movie director's morning party. So this dude bit the dust and now somebody else is going to bite the dust too. Yeah. Um it, it's a in, like it was an odd venue. Like this whole, I mean, I guess we'll talk about it later, but this whole uh, episode was um kind of structured oddly in a way. So both Pisco and the Target should be in the room, so they enter. Since it's a morning party, nearly everybody is wearing black. Hi, Bear, I hear Sherry being said, and that's when she thinks about Jen shooting her. However, it's all in her head, and a waitress asks Hi, Bear if she's lost. Kevin says she's looking for their parents right now, and they walk off. I was hoping it would be that, like, somebody at the party was ordering drinks, and they were like, I'll take a Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. So Conan asks what Hibera's problem is, and she tells him about the dream. She says that Conan was shot first. Everyone else also died since they were involved with her. So she has a lot of, you know, Conan, you know, and this has been brought up several times by like Agasa and so on. He's like, you know, you're putting other people in danger. Uh, you know, that's why you have to be careful. And it seems like it weighs more heavily on high bear than it does Conan here. I mean, maybe Conan's just has already come to grips with it. But, uh, you know, he still acts more reckless, and you see from his behavior that I think more than protecting everyone else, he wants to get back to himself. Maybe it's just from a belief of himself and being like, well, if I you know, get into the same area with these guys, I'll figure out a way to outsmart them, and we'll make progress. But, you know, there's also a lot of risk involved, and we could see all the people that he, you know, deeply cares about and everybody he interacts with could be, you know, murdered as a result of, you know, being reckless. But he doesn't really get caught up on that. But you can see it's really weighing heavily on Hybera, who is the more noble person. Wouldn't you agree? Um, Not with that last part, but the rest of it was a very valid point. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that Hybera, because she worked in the organization, she kind of has a better understanding of the dangers. Conan, up till now, is still very, I don't know if this ever improves, but he's very ignorant of the organization. He doesn't know much about them. He knows, like, these two guys, gin and vodka, and then they... He knows whatever Hybera told him about the, the experimental drug, but I don't think he still grasps the um, the true threat that they are. Um, he's just looking at it as like another crime or syndicate that he wants to bring down, another mystery to solve. So uh, that might uh, like uh, be like be reason why he's still kind of just reckless, and he has that confidence because he hasn't dealt with them like Hybera has. 
Ibera then says, maybe if I had been killed by the organization back there, there would be less hassle. Conan then takes off his glasses and he puts them on Hybera. He says, you know, your identity will never be revealed if you wear these. Even <laughs> Clark Kent would be surprised, too. And uh, I like this scene. It's kind of like tongue-in-cheek with like how silly it is that Conan's whole disguise is just wearing a, gla- a set of glasses. And Hybera asks if he's Superman and Conan's like, I can't fly. <laughs> so I, th- I thought this was a cute little scene between them. What do you think, Colleen? Yeah, definitely cute that uh, that little joke between them, and then the whole Clark Kent thing. It's just it feels like uh, the show is making fun of itself for like, okay, it's obvious that Conan looks like Shinichi, but nobody recognizes him with those glasses on. It's like that whole superhero um, trope, and yeah, it's just nice that the nice. It's funny that the show's poking fun at itself black asked jen if sherry will really show up and jen is sure that she'll try to stop them even if she doesn't they now know that she's around the baker area if we know a general area it won't take long to search betrayers can't hide their scent so this (laughs) this idea got me thinking like what if they did something to their bodies in the organization to where like you have to, like, take, I don't know, you have to take a pill every, like, week or something where you get really bad BO. And, like, they can just smell Hybera's funk. <laughs> like, uh, the betrayers. Oh, That's all the... <laughs> like, what if he's being literal here? That, that was my thought. I don't know. <laughs> that would be really funny. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's definitely one way to track them down. If you if your you know messenger crows can't find them, then definitely this stink. Yeah, like it's the worst stench. Even like no amount of perfume or deodorant can control this. <laughs> this this smell coming from all the black organization people if they don't have their pills. I don't know. It's just something to ponder. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> It's something I haven't pondered before, and I probably will be pondering, so thanks for that. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> so, <laughs> at the morning party, Conan spots several well-known faces. So we finally, I think this is what you're saying about the awkward uh, formatting, or not awkward, but different formatting of the show. This is where we meet the people. We're introduced to everybody like 18 minutes <laughs> into the episode. It's Yeah, it's part of it. So Conan uh, spots Nanju Mika, an author that received an award from the late director, Mihei Yatsuo, an owner of the baseball team, music producer Tarumi Naoya, American actress Chris Vineyard, a famous university professor Tawawara Yoshiharu, and a car factory president Masuyama Kinzu. So we, we learn about everybody. So, did anybody of these designs... We kind of just get, like, a quick sentence on everybody, so we don't really have any time to be like, huh, are they suspicious? But did any designs stick out to you? Um, design-wise, I mean, Chris obviously sticks out, um, being American. Being American? American? Yeah. <laughs> um, I also was trying to 
recall who which one of them was Pisco, and my guess was incorrect. So, um, oh, really? You don't yeah, remember it, who Pisco was? <laughs> I couldn't remember which one. I I thought it was. Um, I don't know. Should I say which one I thought, or <laughs> should we? Yeah, say, say, say who you thought it was. I for some reason I I thought it was uh, Mihei Yasuo. Like the owner of the baseball team, I was like, okay. "Yeah, it, I remembered Pisco was a man, and I just thought it was him." <laughs> All right, so there you go. Kind of knows that Jin said the target might be arrested tomorrow. He, I, I read the like I wrote down like Jin's whole speech there. He never said that. Like I don't know if it was just off screen or something. But <laughs> he, he didn't say that. Um, but uh, so that means the target is the one surrounded by reporters right now. It's a lawyer accused of taking bribes named Namaguchi Shigehiko. Inspector Megari and Takagi then arrive, and Conan says that he called them there while in the restroom. I told him that somebody wants to murder that lawyer here. So, the top, like, the greatest place in the world, Megari and Takagi are here. They're totally going to protect this guy. He's not going <laughs> to die in the next two minutes. Right, Colleen? Oh, absolutely not. With the... Megari and Takagi on the case? Never. Too bad Kogoro is not here <laughs> to help out. Kenan waits for Pisco's next move and says that if he creates a panic, he'll use his tranquilizer gun. The morning party's announcer, uh, Megakura Namichi, then starts a slideshow of director Sakamaki's memories. The lights go dark, and they've already lost um, sight of the lawyer. It's been dark for like two <laughs> seconds. And Takagi's You had like, one job. Takagi's like, where'd you go? <laughs> oh, Takagi. So, like, There's ten cops searching for this guy. They have no clue where he's gone. They're just completely incompetent. <laughs> like, where else are they even looking? Like, they had one person to watch. <laughs> During the slideshow, Conan sees a camera flash go off. The announcer jokes about it, and then Conan hears a silenced gun go off as well. They hear a loud noise, and the lights are turned back on. A purple handkerchief uh, falls to the ground, and they spot... Well, actually, it falls on Conan's head, which is pretty funny. And uh, that's when <laughs> they spot the lawyer's dead body underneath a chandelier that fell on top of him. So... We finally have our first murder calling. Yeah, at the very end. Although that's, I mean, we've seen that before. Yeah, so that's that's the end of part one. Um, were you surprised any at how terrible the police were? <laughs> it wasn't even like the black <laughs> organization had some like brilliant plan or anything. It was just like, the police suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't say I was surprised. It just made for a good bit so the next Conan's hint is handkerchief and Conan says next time High Bear is in desperate trouble High Bear says who are you and Genta says me and High Bear says no poor Genta hilarious <laughs> poor Genta that's so true so Colleen what do you think about this episode uh it was good um, from the very beginning, it had a very different tone to it than your average episode. 
despite the dis- detective boys appearing at the start, um, it didn't really have that lightheartedness to it. Uh, so it set the mood pretty well, for me at least. Um, I loved all the imaginary scenes with Jin. I guess they were mostly Hybera's dream se- sequences, but uh, I liked him cropping up frightening Hybera and it sort of reiterated if not solidified the fact that um this is someone threatening and someone that should be feared like he's not gonna be your the villain that's kind of like you're supposed to um find redeemable qualities in or likable or anything he's just scary and he does he like means business and that, oh my gosh, that scene when he, and well, Vodka was there too, but it was mostly Jin walking um, across the street, stopping traffic. So cool. And of course, he's a chain smoker, so we know on this show, smoking equals cool. So <laughs> Does he not prove it? Like, we joke about it, but you see him smoking and you're like, that guy's cool. Yep. And he just like, one after another, so... There's no stopping his coolness. Um, what else can I say? The uh, the ending was a great cliffhanger. Uh, I mean, we knew that the lawyer was going to get killed somehow, but the dramatics of it all with the chande- chandelier falling was something like very theatrical about it. And yeah, I just thought it was a very um, standout moment. The, uh, the structuring of the episode for me uh was a little odd it wasn't bad or anything i didn't dislike it uh but yeah i mean we uh got introduced to the suspects late in the episode but i also found it funny that this entire story started out purely by accident they conan and hybera just stumble upon Jin's car so while they're walking home from school it's it's just so funny to me that like conan's been looking for these guys for 175 episodes and like all of a sudden just accidentally he finds them like in baker town yeah like he made the mistake he was like well i'm gonna go with this detective and i'm sure one of his cases will lead me to these guys no you just had to walk the city dude yeah that's right you never had to get ron and kegger involved you just had to walk around yeah, so that when I came to that realization, I was like, this is such an odd thing because he didn't even like purposely mean to find them. But yeah, I thought it was a great uh, first part to this uh, three-parter. So I'm excited to, uh, well, at this point when I watched it, I was excited to find out what was going to happen next. How about you? What did you think of this first part? Yeah, I thought it was great. I I love that we got a lot of focus on Hybera because, like, it's been odd. Like, ever since they brought her in, it's been a lot of, like, just regular cases. And, like, she's not even mentioned in a lot of episodes. And it might just be because, like, like we mentioned before, they go so out of order mm-hmm. here <laughs> with some of the cases and stuff. And they've gone, like... But, like, even just, like, throwaway lines to where, like, they could have explained that she was, like, with the Gasa and stuff. They didn't even bother. So, it always felt weird because it it was such a huge thing when they add a new addition to the cast. And it seemed like, oh, well, the whole dynamic has changed. And then it's just, like, here's Conan and the (laughs) Detective Boys. And a Gasa's also with them. But we're not going to mention Hybera. And it's, like, okay. And you almost, like, forget that she's... 
part of the show then, you know, like when they do that stuff. So it's nice to get back into that focus. And I feel like going forward, they should, she should be a more constant, you know, like part of the show and so, so forth. So I'm excited to see how, how it all handles from this point onward, because I think she does have a valuable dynamic and it's been kind of weird how the show hasn't really focused on it. So it's been nice to see that. I liked, uh, getting to see her fair because she's, you know, obviously she can be a bit cold and, uh, you know, very calculating. So it's interesting to see that, oh, you know, she's still human. She still has, you know, fears like the rest of us. And, you know, especially with that body, you can mistake her for just a frightened little girl, you know, even though she's obviously much more mature than, uh, a, a child would be so i i liked that aspect of it i'm interested in seeing pisco again and to see how the rest of this case goes down i remember like parts of it but i there's still so much that i don't and then with uh like retrospect there's some other people that uh, i'm interested in seeing how what they do in these two episodes so it's uh it's an interesting thing to rewatch and uh, like you mentioned, Jen's been a badass this entire time. So yeah, uh, two thumbs up. Great first part has me invested, um, intrigued to figure out who killed this guy. I'm curious to see how this case unfolds too. Are we gonna have like the normal? Oh, we're solving a murder here, and then like part three is gonna be like the more story driven afterward, or you know, figure out everything what happened. So that'll be interesting. But before we leave everybody, we do have to thank our patrons. Uh, shout out to Medium Size Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and a Big Chief Mason. So thank you guys for the support. We have uh, some good episodes going up on there. Uh, case closed coverage. Uh, Yaiba. Kaito Kid, all kinds of good Gisho and Yama content over there, and I, I, you know, usually Colleen has the send off, but I, I wanna, I wanna have a send off today, Colleen. All right, go for it. I'm tired of this podcast already. I wish I could just disappear. One of these days, I probably will. Oh my gosh, did you write a poem just for this send off? No, it was like it was what Highbury said oh. earlier. That's how much i was not paying attention to her dialogue all right so <laughs> I'm kidding. we'll see you guys next time bye bye and remember one truth always prevails <laughs>